get into it. So I did a little bit of research on uh, the mushroom uh, mm-hmm. rings. Like, okay. So any anybody who may not know what I'm talking about, and that's probably like 99% of you. <laughs> um, so I posted on my Instagram these uh, photos that I took in my backyard where there there's this ring of giant mushrooms that formed and uh it almost looks like uh i don't know like a circle uh like like a crop circle only like surrounded on the edges by mushrooms giant mushrooms Mm -hmm. um well my oldest niece replied to it and said whatever you do don't stand in the center that's (laughs) a fairy ring oh okay so i looked it up fairy rings are a real thing essentially i mean if you are superstitious in any way then it could there's spiritual meanings to them in folklore Mm. um which is like it can either be a sign of good luck bad luck or you know a few other things Mm -hmm. but in any case the fairy rings are made by actual fairies this is all in the folklore Mm-hmm. And if you get in the center, then you're disrupting them. Mm. And so they retaliate by pretty much making your life a living hell. Wow. So, so you're going to yeah. get bad luck. So yeah. when you heard that, you instantly stood in the center of the mushrooms, right? Well, uh, I ate them. Oh. No. Oh, Wow. <laughs> I no, I didn't uh, stand in the center. See, I'm a just in case guy. Oh, uh, I see. You okay. never know. I I don't <laughs> think these things are. I don't really believe in these things because I've never seen any evidence of like anything coming true. Uh, I've got relatives and friends who believe in that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a just in case guy, so mm-hmm. I'm just like you know what? I'll let the fairy rings exist. <laughs> And uh, so you don't believe I don't in have to very much fairies if they're actually there. <laughs> you don't believe in a lot of like uh, paranormal stuff at all or just fairies? Well, it's not that I don't believe in it. It's that mm-hmm. I've never seen any evidence of it myself. Uh-huh. Other than, okay. Well, OK, actually, I should not. I shouldn't say that. I have had a few strange experiences that I can't explain. But mm-hmm. other than that, uh, if if. um if I started talking about them, this whole podcast would be nothing but my stories. <laughs> um, because I have this inability to keep things short, as you've probably <laughs> picked up from, what is it? What, what are we, 78 episodes? 79 today. 79. So th- is this the 79th? It is. Holy smokes, people. Yeah, it's quite. What are you yeah. doing still listening to us? <laughs> well, uh, I mean, they might not be. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like, you know, that yeah. uh, abandoned radio station that's just saying One. numbers from like World War II Seven. and it's code for Three. like spies. And, and yes. that's how I feel about this podcast. <laughs> Sometimes like, we're just recording mm. and no one ever hears it. And I got a little nugget of information that people probably don't know. Dan and I have not oh, yeah? physically seen each other at all since starting this podcast. Yeah. That's weird, yeah. right? Everyone yeah, probably people... thinks like we get together and do this podcast. No, nope. we were doing it at yeah. our own homes, completely separate. It's been going on for a while, two years. Well, um, <laughs> no, it's two years. It's actually haven't even seen each other in rea- reality that whole no not at all it's actually going to be two years in november eric so if you're crazy like me and you feel like maybe you're just recording this podcast and no one's actually listening sometimes i think Mm -hmm. maybe dan's not even real and this is some sort of fight club situation (laughs) yeah and and i just i just made you up you know or you made me how are we to know that yeah, how are we to know that we're not just figments of each other's imaginations? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm dead serious. I don't know. I never, um, I never actually. Yeah, that's true. Come to think of it, <laughs> it has been two years since we've seen each other. So maybe neither one of us are real. 
Could be. Mm. I don't know. Something I'm just, just throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah. That this may not uh, be well, real. The, all of this. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, to, to that point, uh, mm -hmm. welcome, citizens of Earth, to the Accelerative Thrust podcast. This is our uh, weekly Zoom cloud meeting in the uh, clouds. Uh, my name is Dan. And my name is Dan. And Eric. You see? Yeah. See? He, see? he made me up. Uh <laughs> Yeah, like he had to reintroduce. He forgot that I was the one introducing myself <laughs> in his imagination. Right. It's hard. It's really difficult because yeah. what happens is I record your part first and then I respond to it. Which sure. is actually how it works. I listen back to me doing your part and then I record my part. It's It's actually kind of difficult to get the timing right and to make it seem like a natural conversation. It's really weird. I. It sounds easy to me, Eric. It uh, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 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 Well, it would sound easy to you. Yeah. You're not the one doing it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I feel oh nothing. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's this that's a so, good point. This is too I forgot much. about that. We've gone too far. Uh, you know. <laughs> You know what, though? What's that? <laughs> when have we not gone too far? Okay, what I was going to say, mm -hmm. since I'm not real, uh, <laughs> is uh, that uh, there's a lot of celebrities in the world. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for, you can start from the very beginning of time. Uh, guys like, uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know, Boy George. You remember him? From the or, beginning of time, yeah. Yeah, the beginning of time. I mean, Culture Club. Yeah. Um, you know, you also had like Samantha Fox at the mm -hmm. very beginning of time. Yeah. Uh, all these th MTV was basically the beginning of man, right? As far as I at know. This point. It's the first thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, I don't have any proof that anything existed before November 20th, 1980. I don't even have proof that I exist anymore. Right. Uh, Thanks it's, to you, it's Eric. Just the, it's just the uh, buggles. Buggles forever. And, yeah, the buggles. Exactly. I mean, you can move on to somewhat current celebrities. And, and the, the one that I mm -hmm. want to talk about is yeah. um, someone who I don't think we've ever talked about on this show, Fred Durst. <laughs> or have we ever talked who? about him? I don't remember. No, I don't think Fred Durst uh, or Limp yeah, Bizkit has Durst. ever come up. Yeah. It's never come up, thanks to no. me. Because I'm not real. So... <laughs> It couldn't have come up. I, uh, I I hope you know I was joking. I don't want you to feel offended. <laughs> <I know. laughs> no, no, first, no. Yeah, first, I don't, I don't feel... want you to worry about not being real because it's not true. Oh, okay. But also, I don't want you to be offended that um, I uh, I feel it's... that you know that I that I insinuated you were a figment of my imagination. That seems like not a nice uh, thing to do to your yeah. friend. <laughs> Kind of hurts there. No, just kidding. I know. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> oh, God. All right. This is. um. So what's Fred, Freddie D this up to? <laughs> he's up to the holy grail of all news stories, Eric. Oh, this man. Is, this, this is the holy grail. So. Wow. Uh, Fred Durst is going to host an immersive Halloween party on a boat in Philadelphia. Now, wait, like immersed in water? So I'm reading this verbatim. <laughs> I, you know what? Let's, immersive let's find might out not be the best, the best term. <laughs> anyway, that's true. Immersive. Like, <laughs> so it's gonna like, <laughs> he's, I'm gonna yeah. drown people on yeah. a boat. Yeah. Um, All right. But uh, <laughs> give me something to drown anyway. Um, so, <laughs> wow. There are so many like things you could like mm. replace Lemp Biscuit lyrics with that insinuate you're gonna drown people. But anyway, <laughs> so Fred Durst to host immersive Halloween party on a boat in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. uh, this is from the Metal Sucks website. So uh, I'm gonna actually read this verbatim just because I love the way this opens up. All right. Attention, all hot mamas, pimp daddies, and especially the people rolling up in caddies. 
If you're in the Philadelphia area and have nothing planned for Saturday, October 22nd, there is something going on you're probably not going to want to miss. Mm. Fred Durst, yes, the front man of Limp Biscuit and lover of big old armchairs, is going to be hosting a special one-night immersive Halloween party experience on board the Mashula. Mashulu, excuse me. Mm. So this event is dubbed Freddie D's uh, <laughs> House Party of Horrors. Wow. It's directed and hosted by Fred Durst mm-hmm. and produced by Sad and Bo- Bougie. Bougie. I, I don't know who that is. They typically host emo rock filled parties around the country, other than those details. Hmm. So who knows? Anyway, <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I don't know what this is, but there's actually some bad news uh, later on in the article. Uh, says oh. right here that. Um, Fred Durst was forced to cancel a string of European tour dates due to some ongoing health issues. So that's um, no good. Um, hmm. But it sounds like he uh, is going to um, still host this immersive Halloween party on a boat. Yeah. I, I was looking at a, another I don't know. article. What's, what's your take on that? Eric? I looked at another article about it. I think you were looking at metal sucks. I looked at metal yes. injection. <clears throat> what they say okay. for, for their um, little blurb is a one-time only Halloween party featuring your host with the most, Fred Durst of Limp Biscuit. Enjoy haunts and hot dog-flavored water aboard the Mashulu in Philadelphia. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, was, I don't know what to think of that, all that. That was the name <laughs> of, like, wasn't that, like, the name of one of their albums, Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog-Flavored Water? Oh, I guess, yeah, I didn't know that. Hmm. yeah. That's, That's the name of kind of like nasty. <laughs> it is a nasty title, and I and you know oh. when I when it came out, um, mm-hmm. by the time that came out, I had kind of jumped off the Limp Biscuit train. You know, is that like the gravy train? Kind of checking out what. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, the, the gravy Limp Biscuit train. and gravy train. <laughs> yes. The, oh my. That was a good one. Thanks. I cannot believe in my uh, entire existence I've never come up with limp biscuits and gravy. My uh, brain um, is uh, overclocked right now. Like I really am. Yeah. Really flying right now, and I'm. I don't know what's like, going on, but I'm jazzed. And we left the rails a long time ago, and I just think this show is going <laughs> to be nuts. And that's the way it is. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Limp biscuits and gravy. Wow, that's. I don't know if we need to do anything else on this episode. No, like, yeah, but we're going to because. (laughs) Thank you, folks. (laughs) Thanks for listening. It was a great episode. Yeah. What did we Uh, learn today, Eric? (laughs) (laughs) We learned that two weeks gives us a lot of pent up energy. I am looking at the poster or flyer for it, and he is dressed as Freddy. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. That's cool. Pretty good Freddy poster. Kruger? Yeah, Freddy Krueger. Cool. Well, he's got his shades on and his um, his dad hair and mustache, and Freddy's sweater yeah. and Freddy's ni- uh, glove. It's pretty cool. Huh. It's a really cool well, flyer, actually. That would make. S- yeah, that would make a hundred percent sense since it's going to be around Halloween. Yeah, Freddie D. I get it. Uh, good thing he's not dressed as Freddie Savage. Remember him? <laughs> yeah. Oh, like little monsters. Yeah, that would be a really good little monster exactly. theme cruise. I'd love to be on that. Well, no, I was thinking more like Freddie from the Wonder Years. What was his name on the Wonder Years? Yeah, that's Years? him. Fred Savage. He was in Little yeah, Monsters. Yeah, Fred's. Right? Yeah, no, no, I know, but like, what was his <laughs> the character's name on Wonder Years? Oh, uh, his name was Kevin Arnold. Ke- That's it, Kevin yeah. Arnold, and then <laughs> and his friend and Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Manson. I would yet yeah, no, Brian Warner. Yep. I think it would have been funny if like they would have referred to Paul as the Antichrist superstar sometimes. <laughs> Maybe they you did. Know, like I Winnie, haven't seen that in years. What was her name? Winnie Winnie Cooper. <laughs> she would have been like, uh, pardon me, Antichrist superstar. <clears throat> then we would have known for sure where Marilyn Manson right. got all of his inspiration oh, from. Man. Yeah. <clears throat> wow. Yep. Yeah, they were kind of spooky kids, weren't they? <laughs> oh, God damn it. They were kind of spooky kids. Well, 
Shall we move on to the records? Do you think at this point, oh, or do you have anything most else? Definitely. Any other? No. Most definitely. Any more nonsense, man? That, I'll tell you what, yeah. Eric. Mm-hmm. We we picked some really interesting uh, music to listen to. I know. This time. Yeah. I mean, we always do. No, but there but are really, some interesting... this one is this episode. Now, I'm not talking about the part where we just lost our fucking minds. <laughs> but right, right. The music right. we picked for, <laughs> for this episode, really, really interesting stuff. High caliber stuff. It is. Yeah, and it I don't is. say it's that very, lightly. very good. I actually hate no. most of the stuff we listen to. Uh, today, today I'm pretty excited. So this is like, for the first time ever, we're actually enjoying <laughs> doing the podcast. Yeah. Sorry, all the other bands we've talked about, but you got nothing on today's choices. All of you local bands and everything that yeah. we said we supported. Yeah. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> now on to. On to more insane things, the music. Yeah, record time. <laughs> Come on, everybody, it's record time. It's record, record time. time. Uh, the album that I picked this week is from a band called Oneida, um, and it's called Success. So this is the newest uh, album from this band. I believe it's the first in like five years. I believe their mm. last album came out in 2018. Um, Oneida is from Brooklyn, New York. We actually reviewed a solo album from a member of Oneida way back in probably the 30s or 40s, I, I'm guessing, uh, yeah. from yeah. Uh, Kid Millions, um, who mm-hmm. is a member of uh, Oneida. But anyway, um, Oneida is a band that's been on my radar for quite a while now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my introduction to Oneida is um, a friend of mine from who now lives in Albuquerque, but is from North Carolina, uh, Winston-Salem. Uh, he used to live with Brian Barr, mm-hmm. who is a friend of the shows. We inter- mm-hmm. interviewed him um, from the band Asith. And then Eric, who is the drummer of Asith, they used to live in a house in Lone Tree, Iowa, mm-hmm. which is this small town outside of uh kind of outside of iowa city uh so chris and i we've been friends ever since then this was probably around 2001 2002 ish and uh he moved out of iowa and haven't seen him since but we keep in contact we've kept in contact uh we haven't seen each other uh talking about kind of strange relationships you know about how we have haven't actually seen each other in person since we did this <laughs> podcast, Eric. Uh, mm-hmm. I have not seen my friend Chris probably since 2003. Uh, wow. But we talked on the phone all the time. Um, and uh, he is the one who introduced me to Oneida because he went and saw them. When he lived in Winston-Salem, there was this club there that would host all these bands. And he called me up one night and he said, Dan, I saw the band the band of the century. Mm. Like I, he was really talking like it. Oneida basically became his favorite band. Mm-hmm. Um, then it was because of that live show. And he told me about it and he just said it was the most destructive music he had ever heard in his life, but also um, very controlled and very um, hypnotic and extremely moving the live performance. I still haven't seen them live, but I bet mm-hmm. they are great live. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, that's exactly how I would describe the Oneida sound for the most part. Is uh, very rhythmic, sometimes punky, uh, noisy, like kind of punky noise rock. Sometimes like, I don't know, it's it's hard for me. I'm, I'm kind of making up dumb terms here. Uh, nuclear new wave. <laughs> mm, wow. Uh, uh, and, and, and it's crazy. It, it, there's a lot of repetition, which is very kind of makes it very similar to like kraut rock at times. But then there's other times like there's a couple of songs on this album. And this is kind of true with every Oneida record. There's a couple of songs on here that pretty much just sound like standard rock songs, like garage rock, you know, psychedelic garage rock and 
there's even one song that I wouldn't, you know, maybe with some more polished up production, uh, I could even hear it on the radio, like, you know, or something like that. But that's not at all a dig because I like the fact that, you know, they don't have, they kind of choose to sort of keep that crazy, dirty production as with like most of the rock bands that I listen to. And, you know, really probably most of the rock bands that Eric listens to as well. Um, but I don't know, like, I think the best example of this record that is sort of a culmination of how I would describe Oneida in the first place is the song Paralyzed, um, which is this 10 minute song that pretty much repeats the same groove. Like it's just a really incredibly groovy hypnotic bass line. Uh, but then there's like soundscape buildups in the background mm -hmm. and the band does that a lot. It almost sounds like blues. If you were to strip away all of the craziness, like you could actually imagine this being played at like a bar in some blue collar town or something. It's like, they kind of have almost this, I don't want to say blue collar vibe to their sound sometimes. And some, and yeah, sometimes, I don't know, maybe it's a little, um, satirical i think they're they're actually really serious about what they do but i do think that they have i think there's a sense of humor involved in a lot of oneida stuff mm -hmm. if that makes sense and that to me it comes through with a lot of the older recordings maybe more so than like this album but there that to me is kind of one one thing that i find really refreshing about this band if you are a fan of Oneida and are familiar with their music, I don't think there's really anything that you'll be surprised uh, by with the sound of this record. Um, it's kind of a, just a continuing evolution of the sound that they've built upon. But having said that, um, they've done a lot of weird stuff throughout their career. Um, mm -hmm. At this point, I'm going to say they put out at least 10 records, maybe more. Mm -hmm. And um Throughout there, they've done everything from almost like, like I said, like kraut rock, uh, psych rock to almost like, I don't know, chamber pop to uh, just plain like rock and roll to just straight up noise, um, dance rock. Um, so they're a really interesting band. And this album to me is no different. Um Another thing that I think is really great about this band is that they sometimes it's hard to tell exactly what instruments are being played. Um, like there's one part and I don't remember what song this is in, but I, I really could not genuinely tell if I was listening to a synthesizer or a saxophone mm -hmm. or both. And it was great. Um, I think if you like, it's really hard to, you know, compare this to really anything for sure, uh, like solidly. But I mean, I think if you're a fan of Devo, Can, Craftwork, maybe Sonic Youth, that the band Beak, and especially Trans Am, I think that you will find uh, some comparisons here. Uh, but at the same time, Oneida's always been their own thing, 100%. Um, so yeah, um, I really enjoyed this. Um, always have enjoyed Oneida records. Um, and I don't know, with age, it just sort of seems like uh, every time they come out with a new record, uh, it's just kind of a nice treat from a band like Oneida. Um, so what did you think, Eric? Yeah, I liked it a lot. I um, Yeah, Oneida, I think uh, our friend Jason probably showed them to me. Uh, first, mm -hmm. um, I think the wedding was the first thing I heard, and I love that so much. Um, but yeah, I mainly listened to him from maybe like 2001 to like 2005 or six. Um, and I loved all that stuff. I felt like it was somewhere between like Animal Collective and the Shins, you know, like it was indie rock, but it was weird, but it was really pretty as well and it, yeah I, I liked oneida a lot then they sort of seemed to get into like um like a more ambient noise 
And so I kind of stopped listening to them, but I'm really glad you picked this because this feels different. It feels different than both of those sort of eras that I had heard because this is back to sort of like songwriting and, but it is so noisy and rocking like rock, rock and roll. Like, I don't know how to describe it. Um, Honestly, as soon as the guitar solo hits on the first track, like it's on. I mean, it's like totally noise, noise, not just noise rock, but like just buzz. And I mean, like buzz to the point of like, like Jesus and Mary chain, like they have this broken shin eye fuzz from the seventies or whatever. And it, sounds terrible like if you listen to psycho candy that is the level of crazy ass buzz that's on this record or like the stooges or blue cheer or something like that level of it sounds like electronics literally failing uh and that's just kind of like the guitars you know and so much feedback um but also there's a lot of electronics happening and not really like always technically like a synthesizer, but really more like raw, raw waves, like just oscillators, like tone generators, and then affected through uh, just manipulation and effects and things like that, but not really being used in a musical way. Um, That does happen as well, but there's a ton of just these almost broken uh, oscillator sounds uh the rhythms are a lot of the stuff on here it seems like they're based around arpeggiated electronics so you have this sort of super rigid sound to the thing because if it's just going through an arpeggio or arpeggio you know that's like really straight and then because of that the drums seem really straight uh but they're really wild too. Like on top of that, they're playing within a very solid rhythm, but also just fills to the, I wouldn't say to the point of like Keith Moon or something, but that idea, you know? Um, Yeah, there's lots of long noise sections or interludes in the middle of songs, very kraut rockish, but also very kind of no wave. Um, but really pop, like popish and upbeat. And in that way, it sort of reminded me of the earlier stuff that I really liked. Um, but yeah, it's kind of really intense noise, but super fun and accessible. And I, I know that sounds like those two things couldn't coexist, but they they really do. Um, but yeah, I really liked it. Vocally, it seems a little different maybe than the stuff I used to listen to. It's no longer kind of stuck on this pretty sort of thing, but sort of more like restrained, but also sharp, like how, like Ian McKay's kind of delivery, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I really liked it. And I, I kind of feel like people who are listening to this podcast have probably heard Oneida and they've probably already know what they sound like. So I'm not really going to compare it to other things, if that makes sense. But I do want to say that Compared to the stuff I first listened to by Oneida, this is really different, but also some sort of weird return to form. So yeah, if you like Oneida, definitely listen to it. And if you don't, and you want to hear what extremely noisy, accessible indie rock pop sounds like, then I think you would like it. So yeah, sure. it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll get into it. So my choice this week is by a band called, I guess it has to be Retros or Retros or Retros. It's R-E hyphen T-R-O-S. And I'm just going to call it Retros, I guess. Uh, the album is called Before the Applause. Came out in 2017. What's interesting about this record? Well, there's a lot of interesting things. But this is a Chinese band. And... um For as amazing as this is, and for as big as they are in China, they only have like 10,000 
monthly followers or whatever on Spotify. And I think that's because in China, they have like a separate internet essentially. So like Spotify is not the same. Instagram is not the same stuff like that. So it's actually pretty hard for a Chinese band to, to really get a lot of attention outside of China. Um, but yeah, this record is really cool. Um, I'll just go, I'll just launch right into it. It's amazing, actually. Like, really, truly, I don't know, one of, an album that really took me aback, made me think, oh my God, I can't believe I I didn't know about this. I can't believe this is, what, five years old. It just, everything about it, It I can't say enough about it. It checked every single box for me, for music that I like. Like literally everything I could like about music, this does it. And even some boxes that I didn't even know about, you know? So and there's so many elements to it. I can barely describe it. Uh, it's motoric, like Krautrock, you know? Uh, it's driving. It's wild. It's simultane simultaneously sparse and dense, which doesn't make any sense. Clear production. The production is amazing. Uh, I really don't know. I can't put a fine point on what this sounds like because it's just mind blowing. I guess I'll just name some stuff, uh, and some ideas. It very reminiscent of kraut rock to me, not only can, but I mean, every element of it, even Hawkwind stuff like that craft work. Um, but yeah, kraut rock noise rock synth wave uh experimental minimalism pop post-punk new wave dance music all of it and it never really slows down or stops in the sense of how really dangerously interesting the whole time every sound and every note and every beat you're like wow that was cool that was a smart and cool way to do that everything that happens um yeah as far as the music itself i would compare it to trans am i would compare it to Kraftwerk, ogre slash skinny puppy uh einsturzende neubauten einsturzende neubauten black moth super rainbow the liars prick devo public image limited new order esg liquid liquid talking heads i mean it's crazy how much stuff they fit into this. Um, vocally, the singer, I think, sounds almost just like Bleeksa Bargeld from Einstürzende Neubauten. Einstürzende Neubauten. And a lot like Ogre. Um, at times, a lot like John Lydon. And I think uh, sometimes like Kevin McMahon, otherwise known as Prick. Uh, I can't say I can't say enough about it. I honestly just hope that everyone who listens to this podcast listens to this record because if you're listening to this podcast this should be something that you'll really enjoy here's the second part of my review <laughs> there's a song on here called pigs in the river that might be one of the most blatant ripoffs of another song that i've ever heard in my life it sounds just like red right hand this same sounds like the, it's almost like a weird owl version of a song where they tried to replicate every sound. The melody is really similar. The vocal delivery is really similar. And it bothers me when that happens, you know, because I think you can pay an homage to things without actually being derivative. And for the, that song in particular, Red Right Hand, it's a song that I have gone back to that well of inspiration for almost probably every song I've ever written. Like, I am so inspired by that song and I take from it all the time. And so when somebody just straight out steals it, I'm like kind of bugged by it. Um, and then that sort of cast doubt on the whole record for me, you know, because it was like, well, shit, is everything like this lifted or whatever? I did talk to my friend Brooks about it. I talked to my wife about it and both of them kind of said well okay if you were going to listen to chinese music and you wanted to 
have that influence your music, wouldn't you take from those things? Wouldn't you take the modes and the sounds and the moods and things like that? And that's a really good point that this is sort of like someone in China sort of taking something they heard that's really cool and trying to present it back to the listeners who may not have access to that music. And so with that being said, I actually think that's a really good point. And now I'm back on board with loving this record through and through. But I will say, be prepared for Pigs in the River to make you go, oh my God, that's just Red Right Hand. And with that being said, I, I truly loved it. And I hope that everyone listens to it. What do you think, Dan? Well, I'm going to start off with a question for you, Eric. Okay. And this is, I'm, I'm embarrassed. So the entire listening audience is going to hear my shame. <laughs> okay. Red right hand. Yeah. Who is that by? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, good point. Uh, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, it's. I first heard it on uh, a CD called uh, Sounds in the Key of X, mm-hmm. and it was like an X-Files uh, collection. And sure. uh, from that moment on, it blew my mind. I actually think it might be the theme song to Peaky Blinders, which mm-hmm. I've never seen. Mm-hmm. So, But I think that's probably why it was popular enough to... Okay. Take it over there. Um, I, now, what's... Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was going to say, um, because this was recorded um, in Germany and the main person in this uh, group went to school in Germany and uh, was part of like a crowd rock band. So all those other influences sort of make sense. And, okay. And like Blixa, the sound of uh, his voice sounding like Blixa makes sense um, and all that kind of stuff. So... You know, I don't, I really feel bad for saying that I, it's a, just a really total ripoff, but I mean, it is. So, <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, songs in the key of X. Boy, that was yeah. great. Uh, I'm yeah. actually embarrassed to not know that because uh, I've heard that song several times mm-hmm. and uh, I just have not gotten on the Nick Cave. Uh, yeah. I, I have not gone down that rabbit hole enough mm-hmm. to even know, probably arguably his most popular song Mm -hmm. um but i you know i knew it was on that i just didn't want to say nick cave for sure and the reason why i asked is because that's going to play into part of my review okay so uh yes uh retros retros before the applause um wow uh i got to agree with you eric this is amazing this might actually be my favorite thing we've ever listened to yeah I mean, I'm dead serious. This mm-hmm. is unbelievable. I had to listen to it at least twice yeah. just to understand what was going on. Um, and I still don't know what what is going on <laughs> with it. Yeah. It is so in I don't I don't want to use the word insane, but it is. It's mm-hmm. just yeah, just about almost every style of music is represented for at least five seconds mm-hmm. on this record. It seems to me like, and I'm not saying that as like some joke or, you know, mm-hmm. I'm dead serious. You can, I believe, honestly, if you're a fan of any style of music, <laughs> you can find something on here that you would like, even if it's just a 10 second yeah. section. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's unbelievable. I, was a little intimidated by the length of mm-hmm. the songs. <laughs> right. Yeah. But at the same time, I also, uh, my pick was Oneida. So, mm-hmm. um, and Oneida is known for doing that kind of stuff as well. In some ways, we almost kind of picked similar, similar picks. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, sometimes, but this time it, they're really close, really, really similar. <laughs> I, yeah. I think that though, and I love Oneida, don't get me wrong, but I think this just, you know, this is just like a whole other world, a whole other mm-hmm. level. Yeah. The best way I can really describe this, and this is going to sound, uh, this is going to be all over the place. This is mm-hmm. going to be a word salad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, which is, it's kind of the audio equivalent of that. 
um, yeah. in the best way possible. But at times, and some of the, some of this is just going to sound like generic, sort of almost like, like I'm trying to be funny, but I, I'm really not. I just, I'm at a loss for explanation, but like cybernetic, robotic, rhythmic, new wave weirdness <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, sometimes. Mm -hmm. But then other times it's very almost like calming and very, <clears throat> I, it's, there's some songs that, uh, and this is where the Nick Cave thing is going to come into play. Mm -hmm. Some songs, and I actually wrote this down, sound like something that you might hear from something, someone like Nick Cave. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that you mentioned Red, Red Right Hand. Mm -hmm. um, but I wanted to make sure that that was done by Nick Cave before I, yeah. uh, you know, mm -hmm. said, hey, I agree with you, Eric, <laughs> you know. Um, and that song that you were that you mentioned um, is uh, it reminded me of something. And now I know exactly what it reminded me of. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I'm serious. You, you nailed it, Eric. But then there's other times where I heard a lot of talking heads. Mm -hmm. The singer's voice uh, at times reminds me of David Byrne. Mm. The music reminds me of talking heads, the sort of rhythmic, almost like tribal nature of some mm -hmm. of the some of the percussion and then there's just some crazy electronic stuff which brings to mind of like uh, add into x yeah or oh, something yeah. like that that's a great example yeah, yeah add into x um and devo mm -hmm. a lot of devo going on here i also heard some like minutemen and gang of four and mm. dance punk type stuff mm -hmm. but also there's a female vocal that sometimes kind of does like almost like a duet sort of on certain mm -hmm. parts of this record yeah. uh, with the, with the male singer. And uh, that dynamic really reminds me of the B 52s. Oh yeah. When they do it like that. I know that's kind of a weird mm -hmm. comparison because they don't really sound like the B 52s, mm. but her voice really reminds me of um, who's the redhead uh, Kate Pearson. That's it. Mm -hmm. Her voice really reminds me of Kate Pierce for some odd reason. So imagine if like David Byrne and Nick Cave and Lou Reed all mm -hmm. together in one voice. This is on certain songs. <laughs> yeah. There are other songs where he's doing like a almost like a Steve Albini-ish scream or something. Mm -hmm. Like I, yeah. Uh, it's so hard to really nail down what this is. I basically, if you're into every kind of music, just listen to this. <laughs> and yeah. if you trust, if you trust our, if you trust our uh, opinions about music, listen to this, be yeah. prepared though. It's not necessarily the easiest listen. It's really kind of a record that I think. And when I say that, I don't mean that it's super avant-garde or it's super, um, cause, cause it's not, there's a lot of things going on that are, you know, you can tell that it's, it's actually pretty musical for what it mm -hmm. is, but what I mean by that is it's pretty lengthy. And mm -hmm. like I said, I was kind of intimidated, but the thing is though, the, I guess like, it's so interesting that you forget about mm -hmm. the length of the, if, if you let yourself get lost in the joy of listening to a record like this, then the lengths become completely irrelevant, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. So it is definitely like a record that I think, I couldn't just put this on in the background or something. Mm -hmm. I, I really would, you know, like, it was a really rewarding experience for me to listen to this through headphones and just kind of sitting down and letting the world exist outside of me just like listening to this album and that's how i would recommend listening to this record personally maybe i'm completely off the mark maybe you don't well, agree with that i'm not sure i, I listened to it um, driving in the car and it was also an amazing experience <laughs> okay so, now that yeah that i can also that i can i, I can also say that that's when you're listening to it driving it 
that's kind of the same situation. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I kind of put that with listening to it on headphones. Mm-hmm. Ba- basically what I'm saying is this to me, you're not going to get the full um, effect of it and how amazing it actually is in my opinion. Um, and obviously Eric's opinion, you're not going to get that the full scope of that. If you're just going to put it on and, in the background of a party or something, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, that's kind of just what I'm saying. Like be prepared to actually like listen to it. I I think you don't have to, I mean, you know, don't, what do I know? Uh, But also in addition to um, the Nick cave stuff and whatnot, I also heard particularly on the last track reminded me a lot of velvet underground too. Yeah. A little bit. Oh, I was, I was just going to say too, sometimes also, Faith No More, Mr. Bungle, Mike mm-hmm. Patton stuff kind of comes through as well. Sure. So yeah. anyway, it's amazing. Thank you so yeah. much for picking this, Eric. Yeah. I um, I, I couldn't pull... even imagine seeing this band live. No, I think it would be amazing. Uh, and full transparency, this happened because I saw a YouTube video about the history of uh, underground and punk in China. And this was one of the bands they talked about. And so, oh shit! And that I mean, I don't. It's not like I combed the underbelly of you know music to find this. It was just I happened to watch a video. So, yeah, just being just being real, you know. But I'm so glad mm-hmm. that uh, that they talked about it. You know, it it's a really cool record. So, just out of curiosity, was it the the documentary China Underground Music is weirder than you think. You know? Yeah. The, sorry that I got like unnecessarily excited when you said that, but I love watching music documentaries on oh, uh, yeah. YouTube. Yeah, and too. that's something I'd never heard of. So right. I just saved it to my playlist. Yeah. So I, and then that's the reason I mentioned it is the, everyone should watch that little video because it's a really good it's a really good video about a topic I've never even thought about. You ready for the local? local I'm ready review? for the local. All right. I'm ready for the local. I'm going to ask you just one more time, and it's local. It is. All the way from China to Iowa. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. And actually, I, I I didn't do a ton of research on Druids. Where are they from? Do you know? Yep, they're from Des Moines. Okay, cool. So I know uh, Luke Roush. He played in... Land of Blood and Sunshine and Modern Life is War. And I mean, I've only hung out with him a couple times, but um, I like him. And it looks like Drew Roush is on bass and vocals. I assume they're probably related. Otherwise, that's a pretty amazing coincidence. They are brothers. Oh, okay. And then mm-hmm. uh, Keith Rich on the drums. Uh, so yeah, I Druids have been around for a, quite a while, like a decade probably. And I haven't listened to them. And I feel bad um not only because i should have but i feel bad because um i could have enjoyed them much sooner and i i i kind of ripped myself off a little bit <laughs> cheated myself <laughs> um yeah this record's called shadow work um uh, i think it just came out um pretty recently uh is re- it's really cool it's um it's heavy as hell and really different I mean, I think it's, it, it, yeah, I have not heard metal that's just like this by anyone at all. Um, it takes, it's heavy on all kinds of different levels too. Uh, there's like stoner elements, uh, prog elements, psych elements, drone, um, and then just straight heavy stuff. Um but really what set it apart for me is it overall is very ritualistic feeling, um, which plays into the name uh, Druids really well. It's a nice package as far as that goes. Um, lots of like Raga style Dorian scales on the guitars. Like almost every song has like a Middle Eastern kind of, solo or melodic lead or something like that um and it really solidifies the sound a lot and that's really cool the bass is also very groovy like 
really in the pocket, really doing a lot of interesting stuff, but never, ever stopping, always moving. Um, but also in that sort of Dorian mode where this isn't just minor keys, you know, this isn't just minor scales, like a lot of heavy metal is. Um, they're really going into some strange territory and it it makes it interesting and enjoyable, but also adds this weight to it where it seems to have a little more meaning than just something that would be heavy stone or prog kind of stuff. Um, the drumming is really solid, but also really free and open. It almost never stays locked into a, a, a groove completely, even though it's always there and solid. It's always able to swing it or move a little bit or just step outside of that rhythm a little and make it interesting and and just sort of free free flowing. Um, the drums also include a lot of global music elements, not just the instruments themselves, but the rhythms. Um, and that just adds to that sort of ritualistic feel to it. Um, and I don't want to even say, you know, from this region or this country or whatever. I think it just is sort of that, I don't know, uh, outside the U.S. kind of feel, you know. Um, and especially in the break in Dance of Skulls, I really love that break. Uh, it, it was really cool, and it reminded me of the break in Three Days by Jane's Addiction, which is awesome because I love that break. I, it's one of my, as far as 90s music goes, Three Days is like just a killer track. So anything that sort of has a feel like that, I'm way into. Vocally, I hear, you know, and musically, actually, I'll say this. The only band I can really say that this made me think of was Big Business. Um, and it had some elements of big business, especially the here come the waterworks record. I think there's a lot of that uh, breaks where there's just like really Tom heavy sort of drone uh, rhythms and things like that. Uh, vocally. I think I hear a lot of big business as well, especially when he goes into this sort of like raspy uh, yell. It's not quite a scream. I don't think, but just a, it's a really cool um, I also vocally hear a bit of acid bath when he's um, doing the more mellow vocal. And then when it gets to an extreme sort of almost hardcore thing, I hear more like Connie, like that level. Um, and actually just some sort of hardcore vocals too. Um, but yeah, it's very squarely a heavy metal album, but with that major infusion of like, ritualistic feeling um and i think i think it's really cool it can take you places um i really enjoyed it what do you think dan yes absolutely this is a um a very interesting uh take on heavy music um and i think you're absolutely right eric in saying that uh, it's not exactly like anything else um you know, there's definitely elements of um, metal and different like metal genres, but it definitely uh, takes you to some other places. Um, it almost has kind of, for me, a little bit of a medieval sort of sound to it at times. There also is, like you were saying, uh, a very like mystical kind of hypnotic, almost psychedelic thing going on to it. Uh, with it, um, bass lines are definitely groovy, uh, as you were saying. Um, excellent riffs. The drums just pound. Um, and the, the thing that I really found interesting about the drums is the sort of changes that I heard. Uh, like, there's one song where it kind of switches from like a, uh, almost like a marching band-esque uh, tribal sort of thing kind of going on, uh, which I think that, that that's sort of what you were talking about, Eric, with the um, sort of global percussion element that 
definitely is heavy in here. Um, and then it switches over to kind of like a, I don't know, almost like a, um, a faster tempo, but yet slowed down sort of um, drum beat. Like, I don't know, like it really reminded me of like Black Sabbath. And um, man, it was, it was just so great. Um, yeah. And oftentimes there's, changes within the songs um the guitar tones fantastic there's definitely some like i would almost say space rock elements kind of going on some delays and reverbs in some of the leads especially um but yeah overall it just really is a just a great metal record with a lot of interesting things thrown thrown in uh to me i heard a lot of pretty much anything Matt Pike has ever been a part of. Mm -hmm. So sleep high on fire, heard a lot of that kind of stuff. I heard a lot of Mastodon, a lot of cave in. Um, and I would also say musically, um, some space and prog rock kind of stuff. Like I would mm -hmm. say like, if you're a fan of like the music of like a band like Muse or even like Rush, mm -hmm. there's some mm -hmm. things in here that, you know, I could definitely hear musically could be comparable to that, but at the heart of it, it's definitely a heavy metal record. Um, I don't think this is, I, I think it would be really unfair to just kind of call this like stoner or doom metal. Mm -hmm. I do think that there's definitely a huge element of that here, but there's just so much more going on. That's kind of why I think it reminds me a lot of High on Fire with maybe mm -hmm. more of a mystical sort of element to it. Yeah. Um, ritualistic as you put it eric mm -hmm. um because i i've always felt that way about high on fire as well um mm -hmm. and so but overall this is just a very original interesting take on metal and um i think if you're a fan of any of this stuff i i, I see no reason why druids wouldn't be your jam really good stuff yes <laughs> Okay, so what did we really learn today? I mean, what did we learn? We learned that we are very excitable people. <laughs> uh, I don't even know if this is going to be a listenable episode, to be honest. I think, no, I think the, it, the beginning of this episode might be the wildest thing uh, <laughs> that I've ever recorded. No, that's not true. But it's definitely, I think, we were a little wound up. I don't know what happened. Uh, we, well, calmed, this is, we calmed down and we got through our reviews and it was all fine. It's like the Ooh. free jazz or like the John Zorn Cobra of this podcast. Yeah, yeah, this is a weird one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we learned that Freddie D is having a boat ride. Uh-huh, um, and, and he's dressed like Freddie K. Who, Freddie K. Yeah, he's dressed <laughs> like Freddie K and then Freddie S., was uh paul uh, or, or excuse me brian w's friend yeah. on the wonder years right yeah we, or m uh, marilyn m's <laughs> yeah friend on the wonder years uh, <laughs> it was also kevin a yeah. and then winnie c yeah, was winnie c. the girl of the dreams yeah and then the, the girl of the dreams and yes. that's that's where we that's where we're at, ladies and gentlemen. That's where we're at in the universe. <laughs> oh, yeah. We figured yeah. out that you're not real, too. Yeah. That was oh, kind yeah, of a yeah, big revelation. Right. That probably I'm is a, a more important, really, than I'm, most I'm of a the different other things. Type of, I'm a different type of deep fake. They call me a Dan fake. It's like <laughs> yeah. it's like the deep fake, but with guys named Dan, Dan yeah. fake. Fakey Dan. Fakey Dan. <laughs> yes, fakey Dan. Uh, oh, oh my God. gosh. Uh, so if you want to contact us, we are on, well, one of us is on Facebook and the both of us are on Instagram. That's true. Now. We're wow. on it now. Wow. We're, we're on it now. At this moment, at this very moment, we're, we're checking our Instagrams right now. Yes. And none Posting of you are commenting about fairy rings. Oh, God yeah. damn. It, this was a wild any, ass episode. It dude. really was. And, you know, we were talking about druids and you were oh, talking about right. the, 
we were talking about the mystical and the you know mm-hmm. hypnotic and uh what was the word you used um Ritual- ritualistic. ritualistic yeah and and i had fairy rings up here in my backyard under right. a rainbow gosh my gosh eric what a great great episode <laughs> this was <laughs> this is the last episode yeah and oh my gosh the jig is up oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my gosh well until next time ladies and gentlemen <laughs> have a good week we'll talk to you then fairy rings are a real thing really dangerously interesting